My agent called, he said he got some interest in my script I'm glad I didn't tell him that I never finished it I got my cast of characters and outline for the plot I even got a famous classic case of writer's block Get it out of my head Get it out of my head Welcome to On the Page. This is the podcast that answers all of your questions about the craft and business of screenwriting. My name is Pilar Alessandra, and I'm the instructor and script consultant here at On the Page. Joining us as a new dad for the first time is Ryan Buds. Hello, Ryan. Hey, Pilar. How are you? How is Annabelle Rosebuds? Annabelle Rosebuds is really good. Uh, the shirt I'm wearing is uh, is a nice Christmas shirt, and right before I left, uh, she threw up all over it. That's so nice. And that's then I so couldn't. That's, that's what's supposed to happen. It's yeah, in the script. It was very sitcom stereotypical dad <laughs> stuff, and then uh, it totally uh, soaked in, and I couldn't even clean it up because I didn't know where it's at. As a, right, and I'm not and even looking tell, at right? it. Right? <laughs> I'm not. I'm not noticing it right there above your pocket, like <laughs> at, at I, all. You're not sitting as close to him as I am. I mean, like, <laughs> little, little. <laughs> mm. <laughs> uh, I was so happy because because uh, Ryan came in here, and I'm like, he looks so fresh. Damn him! And then I saw this big yawn, mm-hmm. and I felt so much better. The beard's longer than usual. There's all kinds of uh, lackluster things going on over here. But I saw a picture of her, a couple pictures, and she's beautiful. Congratulations. Thank you, Thank you very much. Wonderful. Have, now we have uh, the Christmas guys with us. We have uh, Brian Turner. Hello. Hello, everybody. We have Garrett Frawley. Hi, nice to be here. It, it is the season. They are back. Have any of you had any children since I last saw you? Have I, am I behind? Not that I know of. Uh, okay. <laughs> All right. No? Hmm? Garrett? Also no. All right. Yeah. You know, your reputation precedes you. Know so, Hello, um, ladies. <laughs> uh, Garrett and Brian, as you know, are the Christmas guys. They come in once a year. They have come in every year on or around Christmas, except for one summer, because I'd forgotten about them. Um, which, uh, and it's it, you've done that ever since we started the podcast in 2007. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I was I an early adopter. You were. You and- were. I've listened to a lot of podcasts, and your podcast still has the best theme music. Uh, yeah, it's very catchy. Very catchy. Yeah. Oh, it's always in my head. Too. It is. Yeah. It's a. It mm-hmm. is the best theme music. <laughs> if you're listening to this podcast, I I recommend content. at this point you hit rewind, start over from the beginning. Yeah, because the, the until you get to this point, the music is good and the content is. <laughs> well, they won't hear that part. Right if they up listen there, to my hit rewind, don't you think it's pretty? Man, man, I guess you just take your compliments where you can get them. All right. Um, the, I also think the production values of the podcast are second to none. They are. They're very good. And the content might be... Anyway. All right. So we've got... Uh, the reason Isn't Garrett and Brian are called the Christmas guys is because um, they are responsible for such uh, Christmas specials as Santa Baby, Santa Baby 2, Snow Globe, and wasn't there another one? There was one that we sold, but we didn't get it made. And one that they sold, but it didn't get made because everybody found out that they hate Christmas. <laughs> and then um, you were also on uh, Dan Versus. Yes, Dan Versus. And um, I see Attention Students TV movie. Is that a, a new one? It was a pilot we shot three years ago, pretty much to the day. Pretty much to the day, yeah. Um, for Cartoon Thanks. Network. Yeah, Thanksgiving of 2011, we were up in Vancouver shooting this great pilot with a couple of super talented kids and a great director. And uh, it came out great, and then the company decided, yeah, let's not do live action stuff anymore. So, jeez. Yeah. 
was but, rough. But you know what? It made IMDb. There you go. It's there. You, well, know, you know what else, guys? Uh, I have to make a very important phone call to my mom because she loves both the Santa Baby movies. <gasps> wow. No wow. Way. When I tell her that I'm sitting here with the writers, she's going to flip. They if have I, a if I had known that, I would have brought you DVDs. <laughs> is, she, is she like, does she rewatch them as yes, well? Yes. They come on every year now, don't they? Yes. yes. Yeah, yeah. She oh, yeah. loves those movies. Jenny McCarthy? Wow. Yes. Yeah. Those are the ones. Yep. That is great. We found your audience. Yay. <laughs> Ryan's mom. That's so cool. We'll take a picture just with you with the, yeah. of the three of you oh, guys. Oh, she would freak. That'd be great. Oh, just when God. you thought Santa Baby fandom was kind of dying down, <laughs> last year Brian and I found a woman on the internet. Well, I did because, you know, around Christmas I obsessively Google like Santa Baby to see who's blogging about it. Like if people are discovering the movie. There's a woman who lives in Canada who's like a big cosplay gal and she makes costumes for movie characters and comic book characters. Yeah, her name's Kieran stuff. Buds. No, I'm just <laughs> oh, yeah. but she has made not one but two different character outfits from the Santa Baby movies, from oh Santa Baby gosh. One and Santa Baby Two, and put pictures of her online. She looks fantastic, and the outfits are stunningly accurate. And uh, wow. we reached out to her on the internet. We're like, "Hey, we'd like to send you some of uh, some autographed DVDs," and she was like, "Yeah, I'm good." <laughs> <laughs> we sound we sound really generous, but. Basically, anytime I'm at a used DVD store and one of my DVDs is there, I buy it and take it home for a dollar. So I've got stacks and stacks of That's amazing. my own DVDs. So. <laughs> it is funny. She was like, would go through all the time to do that and then go, oh, I'm good. So she was like, I don't want to give my address out to some oh creepy people. The thing who... is, you know, she's she's a, a pretty lady who sure. is taking cosplay pictures of herself. So there's, I'm sure, a lot of I gotcha. Comic-Con type freak people who are like hey but you yeah. guys are the actual writers I know. that's so <laughs> yeah, exactly, funny yeah. like what do, what do you have to do to prove that you're not you know it's like but really i, I wrote it yeah, yeah. i emailed the costume so. designer and she was like i can't believe this gal didn't credit me who designed the original costumes and then like later on i saw that the woman had like added that to her page so i'm like oh i bet you i bet you the costume director wrote her a stern email wow wow how funny how, how i guess i i never thought Think of that I, with cosplay. That I guarantee you, the costume direct designer did not write her a stern email. Because uh, maybe she's her lawyers Canadian. <laughs> well, oh right, she wrote a very it polite was a very email. passive aggressive. Right. Well, they're email. both Canadian, so it was like, hey, right. would you mind doing this? Oh, okay, sure, I'll say. Oh, sorry, sorry. But, right. sorry yeah. but the subtext. Oh my God, the subtext just coming through, just bubbling through. Um, well, you, you, what's so nice about having you on every year is that you always sort of have a new, a new something that you've added to your IMDb, a new credit, even if it's something working. that you. Can't can't talk about, but you're always no, working totally every year. And this time, um, you have a new gig. You were just staffed on Amazon's new kids show called Gordimer Gibbons Life on Normal Street. And uh, I just watched the pilot with my daughters, which I found out you didn't write when I got to the end of it. and was like, damn it, that wasn't the right episode. But anyway, the, uh, my 10-year-old, uh, Rita, she just loved it. And she is now, as we speak, uh, watching as many as are on Amazon. There are six. <laughs> and trust me, she'll still be watching them right. when I come home because she was immediately hooked. <laughs> but if you would just let the if you would just let the tape keep playing, I know. Then ours would have come up automatically, like seconds later. I would have been right. late for the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Well, so you, you would have had the perfect excuse. Yeah, right. Well, you were clearly cramming for the podcast. Like, I, was, I got 20 minutes to go. I got to watch the I episode. I was. Yeah. I don't like to say that I do that, but I do that. Um, uh, and I have to say, it was a really, you know, 
the atmosphere of it is great. This kind of, um, it brought back like those books, like those Encyclopedia Brown kind of books that I read when I was a kid. That's Wikipedia Brown (laughs) for our younger (laughs) listeners. It just had that that sense of like, like suburban kids who are hanging out for the summer, who are largely like not supervised, which is cool, but not in a neglected way, who have adventures or magic, magical things might happen to them. At least that's the sense that I got. Really, really, I mean, and the, the production values are great. It looks like these little mini movies that you could get into. Yeah, and we're, we're totally proud of the show. And, and that's really the, those qualities are what everybody gravitated towards, like from the network to like the director to the actors and like every, everyone who's seen the show, the people who comment online. And it's always like, oh, I love the fact that it's got this charming, whimsical quality to it that is a little bit of a throwback to things that, you know, we remember when we were kids. And it's it has a very non sort of Disney, non Nickelodeon sensibility where it's got a gentler tone. It's got, you know, a more whimsical uh, pacing to it, you know, um, and it's not like these really loud in-your-face shows that sometimes a lot of kids shows are these days. Are you guys happy to just be able to sort of stick with, with a couple of characters for a while and just be able to... Oh, yeah, it's fantastic. And are you guys the main writers or, on it, or are you no, working let, on well, a... Let's, uh, get the, let's get the bona fides up front. So, yeah, let's do that. So the show is Gordimer Gibbons' Life on Normal Street. Mm-hmm. It's available on Amazon Prime. You can watch it streaming. Um, if you are not an Amazon Prime member, I highly recommend you become an Amazon Prime member. Oh, it's awesome. Things show up the very next day. Yeah. it's The free shipping is a reason to get it, but also all the old HBO content is a reason to get it. <laughs> Gordimer Gibbons is a reason to get Batman, it. Batman, the animated series. Yeah, oh, there's just, there just a ton go. of stuff. It's fantastic. I, I was not a Prime member until we got staffed. Then I became a Prime member, and I use it all the time. It's yeah, I became, I became a Prime member about a year ago, and it's like, oh, I lost my toothbrush. Well, I'm sure I can just Amazon Prime another one. It'll be here before I need to brush my teeth yeah it really makes you feel very like yes the world is at my door it's ridiculous um so so okay so so that's how people get it yeah so that's that's how you go to see the show um you know we'll be saying we a lot in this conversation we are staff writers on the show uh we are a cog in the machine of the show uh the show was created by david and i'm gonna get his name right anexagoras yes it's hard to pronounce um there's, you know, all the coverage has information about David. He uh, he was a preschool teacher. He went through the Amazon's open script submission process. Oh. Um, sold the show. They liked it. Uh, Luke Matheny came on board as the director. Uh, he later became a writer and then the showrunner of the show. Uh, Luke is an Academy Award-winning director. He won for short in 2010, 2012. A short 2010 or 2011. Yeah. I, what a short it? called God of Love. He God of Oscar Love. For that, yeah. yeah. Um, what you were what you were saying earlier about sort of the look and the feel of the show, those two guys are really at the heart of that. David was, you know, um, consistently. I, I don't want to badmouth Disney, but anti Disney, um, meaning Disney as a genre of show uh, where the kids are very adult and the parents are very stupid, and you know the humor is, is not mean but kind of somewhat crass and certainly very loud and, and loud. You know, yeah. yeah. And what the response to the show has been has been overwhelmingly favorable, and the comments are all the same thing, which is this is not like Disney shows. We really love the show. So he was spot on right from the start as far as where we should be tonally. And that's what the network absolutely wanted to do, too. They're like, we don't want to do shows that other people are doing. We want to do something that no one else is doing. And, and right. so, you know, people are responding to that. Right. And then Luke, with the directing, each show is, is more like a movie. It's like a, a mini movie. It's more... Um, Cinematic. A lot of shows are sort of Disney shows are sort of three cam and and you know very bright colors. You've all seen the SNL sketch about <laughs> that stuff. Um, so yeah, so tonally and visually, 
those two just landed us, you know, right right where we go. Uh, also in the writer's room, we had uh, Lori Perez. Mm-hmm. I'm going to mispronounce everybody's name. Uh, she was co-producer. She was a co-EP. co-EP. The funny thing about the show is that um, there was about five or six, maybe seven of us in the writer's room, and there was only staff writers and co-EPs or above. There was like no one who had like the middle ground sort of title, but at the same time, everyone was really kind of just, you know, like just working together as, as part of a team. Pretty yeah, much there was so, yeah. really no uh, hierarchy of, well, you know, I'm in charge or any of that stuff. As everyone kind of just pitched in. Um, Lori wrote a couple of the episodes. Uh, hers is, I think, the third one. On, on the list about the robot. Um, very funny. She's great. She's got a lot of experience. Uh, her episodes have a lot of heart, whereas our episodes are a lot of, like, sort of, we're kind of structural guys. So it, it helps to have a mix in the room. Uh, and then Gretchen Enders is, uh, is our remaining writer. Uh, fantastic. A new, new writer, right? I mean, mm. she, she had worked on Level Up, which is the show whose set we used to shoot our pilot three years ago. If, not so it was, like, it, was, it was a live-action Cartoon Network show. She was an assistant who graduated to writer, but then this is like her first job. Yeah, right. And she's fantastic. Job. She's hilarious. Um, on our on our last script uh, that we did, everyone kept coming up to me saying, "Oh, I love this script. This script's great. Hey, uh, great story. Hey, you know what my favorite line is?" And then they would tell me Gretchen's joke. <laughs> <laughs> and it wasn't like one person; it was like fourteen people. Came up, the part about the hamsters is hilarious, and I'm like, oh, "Thank you." Don't so say much. hamsters. <laughs> yeah. So that's that's the team. We'll be seeing we a lot, mm-hmm. but we don't want to get the impression that like we did everything. Did everything. We did not. No worries. Completely. No yeah. worries. But if I if I credit you with the entire thing, just that, I'm just yeah, going to do ahead. that yeah, anyway. So that's fine. Right. And, and, and like all this information is available on IMDb. And there was another wonderful writer, Anne Hamilton, worked on the first half of the season, and and she was she was great and really set the the tone from the beginning and uh, and really helped uh, help drive the vision of the show. And do you have a certain amount of guaranteed episodes? Like, what is a season going to be on Amazon? Well, this, the first set, mm-hmm. I don't want to call it a season because it's... Yeah, it's it, hard to... He, since he, it's internet, it's hard to describe. Like, here's the weird part, and, and we don't know the thinking behind it because it's well above our pay grade, but we shot 12 episodes, and there was already the pilot. So there are 13 episodes that are completely done, but only six are online right now. Amazon has decided to hold back the second half of... It's really season one. It's not season two, to release at a later date. And the reasoning from what I understand is just that, hey, we want to be able to sort of relaunch the show later on. The one problem with the streaming model, and this is my opinion, but I think this is where Amazon's coming from, is that we love getting all the episodes at once, and then everyone burns through the episodes, and then, like, poof, the conversation ends. Like, everyone's right. super stoked for House of Cards, and then, like, the yeah, weekend... Yeah, when was the last time you talked about House of Cards? Yeah. But yeah. you know what? I don't know. I think I... I, I Often, because everybody still is waiting for it. So right, I do but, think but it's like Christmas. It. You're yeah. waiting for it. Sure. Right, but you know? once it goes up, yeah. like, I can't talk to you about it because you watched all of them on the Saturday, and I've still only watched three, and then, like, right. we don't talk about it until a year from now when everyone's, you know. So I think the reasoning is, hey, we want, you know, because it's a new show and we're starting from scratch and we're launching the first live-action kids show, let's put out six now, really stir up some interest, and then in a couple months we'll say, hey, by the way, if you hadn't checked out this, here's some new stuff. If you have seen it, here's the new stuff you've been waiting for so uh hopefully it'll be early 2015 but that's just a guess on my part don't know total guess yeah but it's it's i like to call it like staggered seasonal release sure right. be, <laughs> makes sense is that, i'm, I'm is coining that, that new, phrase yeah, right this now it sounds so, so important sounds, uh, yeah. you know it's staggered it's a staggered seasonal release anyway so the, yeah. but the question was um guaranteed episodes so 
they knew going in that it was going to be 12 episodes. Um, there was no, a lot of time when you're in the room, it's like, okay, the creator of the show is definitely going to do four episodes and then this guy is going to definitely do two episodes and this person, whatever. Um, it changed a lot as people got busy or as ideas uh, succeeded or failed. You know, Because this show is sort of a new kind of show, we had a lot of ideas for episodes that were... Um, beyond <laughs> Amazon's target for magic. Um, I think it helped, It would help to explain Because to of the affordability? The like. yeah. it, wasn't, it was almost never affordability. It, what's going on is the show takes place on Normal Street and the kids have sort of fun summer experiences that are a little bit magical slash whimsical. But the magic, they, they wanted the magic to be um, believable in the sense that it's something that might have happened, could have happened, you know, there's a kid who has bad luck. There's a robot that's acting up. Reasonable sort of things. Not zombie apocalypse. Not aliens landing. Sucked into a black hole. Right. Yeah, they wanted everything to be a little bit subtle and not to, you know, so, I mean, having seen the pilot, which you have, mm -hmm. like, and for people who haven't seen the show, like, there's a magical element in the pilot, but the end, the pilot is very much a closed story where it's like, okay, that was a story. Like, it's literally like a small movie where it's like, okay, now where do we go from here? What's the next adventure these kids can have? So the first few weeks in the writer's room were really feeling out, like, what kind of magic we were comfortable with, what kind of magic the network was comfortable with. And we had ideas that they thought were too big. You know, we, we threw away a lot of our own ideas as we thought more about, like, what makes sense in this world? What's too crazy? What's not crazy enough? Can we have an episode where nothing weird happens, you know? Right. Um, so, so that was really... So finding the consistent tone and sort of the... The, you know, the sphere where we wanted all the episodes to kind of live was, was a long and involved process. But there was a show like this when I was a kid called Erie, Indiana. Have yep. you guys seen that? Is it, yep. would you, similar tone? We kinda? definitely referenced Erie. Okay. Uh, Pete and Pete is another big sure. reference. Yeah. Uh, Sandlot is a good reference mm. in that the dog in Sandlot is like this giant menace yeah. when it's behind the fence, but it's not really sure. that. So it's a, that, that's like a kid thing. point of view. It's yeah. a kid point yeah. of view. Yeah. Gotcha. I was, I think that's the best kind of magic in these kind of situations. I used to read a lot of books like this when I was a kid and, right. and what it allows you to do is go, uh, yeah, that, that could happen. Or when something's actually happening to you, it looks magical from a certain perspective. Right. You know, all kids kind of fall into that in the summer, you know, where you can get yourself so um, caught up in whatever you're fantasizing about with your, you know, that it, right. it all seems real. Right. Um, so I think that is kind of cool that you guys have that rule. Yeah, it's, one of the it's things. It's a yeah. really small target to hit. <laughs> yeah, it is. And, and it changes. I mean, one of the things Brian, you know, said very at the very beginning was I kind of think in a way that you can kind of visualize the show as being the tall tales Gordimer is telling to his friends a couple years out where it's like, wait, did this really happen? Like, was there really like, you know, this magical thing happening or were you, were you just kind of embellishing like a story that, you know? Yeah, like years later, if you're telling your friends about the skinniest kid in the world that you went to high school with, he's not really the skinniest kid in the world, yeah. but... You but know, you're telling the story about the time you fell down so. the grate. You know? Right, yeah. right, right. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. that's a really good way to look at it. So it's, it's interesting that like so a lot of your brainstorming with story comes out of what is right for the world and what is the right kind of ma magic because that's something that I always ask TV writers is where do you where do you start to find the stories? Now are the characters themselves also building relationships at as well that you see it maybe continuing on for future seasons like our friendships deepening or well the three the main three kids are friends to start off with and and their friendship holds steady throughout the whole series we've managed to bring in a couple additional characters uh, as the show has has progressed 
um, just to add a little bit of conflict and add a little bit of um, just, just some more beats to play and, beats and honestly to give our three kid actors a break on occasion. Yeah, I mean, one of, the, yeah. one of the things that, that we had to pay a lot of attention to is kid actors can only work so many hours. So if you do scenes where all three of your kids are in the same scene... Which we had a lot of. Then you can only film. Like, if you shoot an entire day where all three kids are on camera all day, you're not getting a full day. You're getting, what, are eight hours because that's how long you can have the kids. So you need to split them up. But the problem with only three kids, if you split them up, you've got two kids, and then you got a scene with just one kid and no one else. So you got to... So we added a couple more kids, basically. Is that, is that situation totally on the writers then? Or do you, as, as, a, as a writer's room, is that kind of presented to you guys at the beginning of the project? Like, I, it, it was mentioned a couple of times, yeah. but we weren't, we weren't focusing on it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we should have focused on it a little bit more. A little more, yeah. Uh, right like, from the start, just seeing later sort of the, the trouble that came along. Um, I mean, one of the things Brian and I, you know, we don't want to pat ourselves on the back, but we tried to be the pragmatists in the room where it was like, let's just, you know, it's a really good idea. Let's try to think practically about how we can execute it, you know. So, I mean, sure. again, the show does have a low budget. It is for a streaming show, you know, pr- uh, platform that's never done it before. So we had a lot of limitations, not just kid hours, but, you know, locations. Like we can only have two days on location, two days on the stage, you know. So there was all these kind of factors that we kind of had to, to keep in mind, especially as, you know, once we start filming a couple episodes and it's like, oh, this is becoming more of a problem than we thought. So now we need to like course correct as we're writing the second batch of episodes. Well, will, the, will there be a Christmas episode? There won't. Um, <laughs> here's, here's the thing about the staggered seasonal release pattern. Mm-hmm. Um, we wanted to do a Halloween episode because mm-hmm. uh, it seems like that's a great thing. But the show got released, you know, before Thanksgiving, but is not set in any specific time. Like shows that have Christmas episodes have an episode that's going to air at Christmas because it's airing every week for the entire season. These shows are coming out all at once. So Amazon rightly pointed out, like if we do an Easter episode or a Halloween episode, it's not going to be watched on Halloween. It's just going to be yeah, sort of standalone thought, oh, weird thing. People look at it and be like, I don't want to watch this right now. It's not Halloween. So Do you, do you miss Christmas a little? You miss it? No, but we no. did. We, we have a stealth <laughs> Halloween episode. Yeah, we did. We did end batch. up doing a, a Halloween episode that was not Halloween. It's yeah. the it's the eclipse, the blood moon eclipse. Nice, so. which so, could happen anytime. Anytime, exactly. well, it happen it, as so we speak. A, it's a haunted house episode that'll be in the second batch. But it was like it's pretty much a Halloween episode. <laughs> got it. Got it. Got it. Um, what percentage of the scripts that you guys that your name's on, mm-hmm. what percentage of that is done solo or, you know, like uh, as your writing team? I would say um, 90, As opposed to 90%? Like 90%, yeah. I mean, so then 10% with, uh, with a group coming up with the idea? And, the and the second that. half was, was different than the first half of the season because the first half we were kind of in a crunch, you know, to get scripts going and stuff. Sure. Um, once we had everything rolling and we know what we're doing and, and we changed patterns. So the, the way it ended up at the second half was we would write up a four or five page outline of the idea to send to Amazon to explain what we're going to do. And Amazon, based on that, would say, okay, yeah, let's go ahead with this or let's change this or, you know, this is too much magic. Let's do something else. Gotcha. Then the writer, whether it's us or, or Lori or Gretchen or Luke or Dave, would um, write up their episode. And then we, as a group, would go over the episode and make suggestions. Most of the time it was just, oh, let's, you know, like Gretchen suggest a joke or something or, or let's cut this or let's cut that or... So that's um, the 10%. Like that. That's, that's the 10%. I, yeah, I, mean, I, gotcha. I, I mean, honestly, like, 
almost I look at the whole like run of 12 and I'm like almost every episode was different in the sense that the earlier episodes were a lot of us in a room brainstorming and then writing on the big whiteboard like okay this is this idea we like this idea what are the ideas we like what are the ideas that are like feasible okay let's whittle these down okay then let's put this one let's put the one that is about the bad luck kid on the board and we'll try to beat it out like first act second act third act and we and and we would do a lot of that work in the in the room with everyone and then we would go off and then write the script on our own. Gotcha. Um, and then, you know, literally at some point it was like, hey, does anyone else have any ideas they haven't thrown out? And Gretchen would be like, oh, here's an idea I had the other day. And that became an episode. But that was not one that was broken in the room. Like, sure. um, same thing happened with our Haunted House episode. That was not kind of room broken. That was like, here's our idea. Gretchen's like, here's my idea. Oh, okay, great. Well, let's go. Let's go. You, you guys go off and write them and then we'll bring them back. And so. Yeah, I mean, early on it was, it was the issue of, of having to settle on what kind of magic we're yeah. we're dealing with so yeah. you know we would develop an idea you know we'd love it or come back the next day and be like yeah that's too silly or, yeah. or, or whatever I still think my idea about the cake that eats other cakes was a really good idea yeah. but certain people didn't like it and I won't name names that's a brilliant <laughs> idea I would I would watch that yeah exactly. <laughs> I totally would but yeah but I mean again in those early in those early days there was a lot of shot a lot of ideas more were shot down because it was like well we still didn't really know what the show was so you know what what should it really what should the show be and then after we kind of settled on that, then it became easier. Gotcha. Are you guys secretly like, okay, so we've got Christmas movies and you, now you're sort of in, in the kid world as mm-hmm. far as what you write. Do you have like a psychological thriller like Seven in your desk? Like, you know, is there something like that? We, we have written some dark stuff, but I am really happy to, uh, you're breathing on the microphone. I was trying to signal to you. So I that, thought that meant I love you. Yeah. He's no. touching his nose. I thought it was like a Carol <laughs> like, Burnett. Like, touch, I was, I was trying to, I was trying to be, thing. I was trying to be like, subtle. I was like, if there's something on my nose, without, they can't without, see it. So. Without embarrassing Garrett. <laughs> Good, thanks. But, uh, yeah, so we, we do have some, we have some dark stuff. But I got to say, I'm really happy writing kid stuff. It's super fun. Um, you get to deal with the kids. The kids are super excited about being there. Um, yeah, there's no drama with the kids. And you guys are, <laughs> yeah. oh, that, that's, I always forget with, with TV writers, you get to actually be there. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's so, that's so cool. Like, literally, like, my whole dream is to been like, I want to be on a show and I can walk across the lot and walk onto the set. And so this was like, our office was like five feet away from the stage. So yeah, it was, it was like, really ridiculous. Yeah. So it was like, oh, this is the dream. Like, I'm walking down from my office, watching, you know, to the set. You know, we had a couple location days a week where, you know, it was all shot in like the neighborhoods of Pasadena and these cute little bungalows and everything so it was super fun and everyone had a good time one thing that was absolutely great about this experience is that we the writers got to be on set the whole time for our episodes you know unless there was some emergency that we needed the writers in the room or whatever but for the most part the writers of each episode were there with the director watching everything get filmed putting having their input we got to be there in the room as we were editing the episodes so um, there's a lot of shows out there where the writers aren't on set where the writers don't get to be in the editing room. You just hand in your script and the show's going to happen. Also movies too. And it really, I mean, really like having the writer on set, like even if we, even if we sit there for eight hours and only say three things, but it's like the director's job is to get the shots they need to do that day to make sure they don't fall behind. But like the writer is really uniquely positioned as the person who has the big picture in mind all the time. So it's like, oh, well, that's a really good idea, but you forgot in two scenes that character actually is going to die, so we can't you yeah, know, do no, that right now. That's no great. And, so, and, and yeah. are they open to that input when you remind them that, that a character oh, sure. is going to die? The directors, yes. the directors were fantastic. Great. Um, I can't speak for all, all the experience of all the writers with all the directors because we obviously didn't work with all the directors, but yeah. um, we worked with Luke as our director for our first episode. Who directed four or five of them. 
Right. Uh, Stacey uh, was a director for our Haunted House episode, which we had written with the idea of it being a super easy episode to shoot, and it was absolutely not. It was totally our fault. We just... We thought if we set the entire thing in one room, it would be like the easiest shoot ever. And it was, not, and we were like, but then there's all these special effects and people, you know, turn invisible and like things appear and disappear. So and, it's and you're trying to block like six people in one room for yeah. four days of shooting. I mean, it was, it was really. And uh, if you're on the set, they're all just giving you dirty looks. It was like really brutal. Right there. Well, you know, a lot of the time Garrett's talking about like saving stuff, but you know, also being on set is there to kind of keep an eye on where we're going. Oh, we're running behind. Okay, what can we cut? What what special effect don't we need in this upcoming sequence that will help save some time? Right. You know? If we cut these three lines of dialogue, we can shave half a page, and then we can go right from this scene, the, that line to that line, without missing anything. Yeah. Right. Nice. Nice. I like having you guys here. You know why? Because you 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 are always educating us with every new thing that you're doing. You're saying this is what we've learned, and this is what we do now, and this is how we do it. Well, I mean, I mean, this was the best film school learning experience we could have, you know, hoped for. Like Brian said, because it was a new show, and because a lot of people on the show, like there were people like Lori, you know, uh, who had been on shows forever, but Luke, you know, had come from like a film school background, and he'd worked a little bit on on TV, but you know, it was David's first show. Gretchen's really like first staff job, our first staff job. A lot of the directors that they hired were also people who didn't have a lot of experience in TV. Some did, some didn't. So like everyone was learning a lot on the fly. And right. so watching every aspect of production and, you know, even on the sort of small scale of our budget and everything like that was, you know, we were able to be hands on and watch everything unfold. So we learned everything. And now we're going to turn uh, the subject to something that you guys really don't know anything about. Well, I, I want to give one last tip. Oh, okay. If you get staffed and you show up the first day mm -hmm. and your office is next to the break room, change offices. <laughs> How many pounds did you put on? Oh, my God. <laughs> Quite a lot. Because the PAs are just dropping bags of candy in there. Oh, yeah. It's like free candy, as much as you want. Potato chips. That's, I mean, and then like the, heaven, the right? craft services yeah. guy was like circling the, you know, every half hour he'd have like a new snack, like hey, popsicle. Greek yogurt. Eh, you know, yeah, yeah. I've, Greek I've yogurt. put on easily 10, 15 pounds in the last 10 months from working on MTV. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I work yeah. outside of the kitchen. Yeah. yeah. That's crazy. What, what, is, what do you think is their secret agenda with this, with, with fattening you up? It's keep everybody happy. Yeah, right. people have food in their yeah. mouths, they can't complain. Is that right. the deal? Yeah. Okay. And we can't move as fast if there's a problem. <laughs> but, yeah. but we literally had to walk past the break room to get anywhere. Like, we were in an alcove past the break room. So to, to talk to anyone, to see anything, to go home, to get in, we had to pass the break room. And it's rude not to take a snack. They worked very hard on providing us with all kinds of snacks. Right, so, so yeah. every time you pass the break room, you have to go in and get a snack. It gets out of hand. This is quick. this is the time of year where people um, load me up with candy and wine. All of my clients, all of my students, they give me either candy or wine because it's me, right? Yeah. So I I, I feel yeah I feel yeah. There's like I come into the studio and it's just like, well, it's candy and wine. I don't want to be rude. I feel right. like I'd like to do the podcast in early January next time so that <laughs> yeah. you come to this room and come it's full of candy and wine. Come with the cornucopia of candy and wine. Yeah, right now we are we are doing this a couple days after Thanksgiving. Um, in a very Christmassy, like that's when you're supposed to do your Christmas stuff, right? And and we have little gingerbread cookies in front of us. Thank you very much, Garrett. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go on out on a limb and say uh, I do not recommend the Pepperidge Farm yeah, gingerbread they're, men. They're a little, I give them like a C plus. They're a little toasty, but they're, they're still they're the right shape. 
And that is, so I'm, I'm going to make my segue now. Is everybody good? Mm-hmm. Okay. okay, here. That is why we're going to turn to back to the subject of Christmas. That subject you don't really know anything about. Okay. That you actually, guys, you write about because you're the Christmas guys. Yeah. Do you remember a couple of years back I tried like a Christmas trivia quiz and it was like the easiest quiz in the whole easiest world? Easiest quiz well, ever. You, you had the answers like in front of me. You, right. And it was also <laughs> like, well, who was the star of Santa Claus is coming to town? Like it was like stuff like that, right? Right. Well, that one I don't know. Now, <laughs> now <laughs> we have working right here on, at producing this episode. Oh, is, the trivia master. He is the, absolutely <laughs> the trivia master. So I asked Ryan to... Now, redo this and come up with a much better trivia quiz that oh, he could I, hit us all with. Can, can I play along, too? This is too? such a yes, bad yes, I'm very excited. So okay. I, this I is going to be questions, terrible. And okay. then I have kind of like a speed round thing. Is it okay if I gonna, answer all the ten questions? None of them. I'm I'm get, you know what? Me neither, because I'm really bad with this stuff, 100% too. Okay, 100% of these questions. Because I can't remember anything. So I'll ask the question, and okay. then uh, when you guys... If How do you know we buzz answer, in? You'll say buds. That's my last name. Buds. B u d d s. Buds. <laughs> so uh, when you yell buds, I'll say PLR, and then you'll give me your answer. If you get it wrong, then the other people can answer. We'll try and try and keep your own score here. For right. those of you listening uh, at home, if yeah. you have headphones on, I want you to scream buds if you know the answer. <laughs> Not if you're listening to like if you're listening in your car, or if you're listening on the stereo that other people can hear. No, but if you're listening on headphones, no one knows what you're doing. Just scream buds. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then you'll win the prize. And you'll win the prize. <laughs> oh, you Half guys, a box you, of no, you, <laughs> no, I got a prize. It's better than that. Oh, you got a prize. Nothing to do with Christmas, but it was in my car. Oh, oh awesome. excellent. Okay. And you can win things in Ryan's car. <laughs> I like that. Which is true at all my trivia nights. Really? Right. Here's the first question. Mm-hmm. Uh, what Christmas movie takes place in a building called Nakatomi Plaza? Buds. Yes. Die Hard. That's right. Oh, that is right. Did you guys know it? Yes. Yeah. You did know it. Just didn't buzz in. All right. Here's number two. Peter Billingsley, who was Ralphie from A Christmas Story, was a producer on Buds. what Marvel film? Buds. Yes. Iron Man. That's right. One to one. Nice. Number three. Speaking of A Christmas Story, what major star was first given the script to play the old man, Ralphie's dad, but was not chosen because it would double the budget? Buds? Yes. <laughs> you have no idea. No idea. Bill Murray? No, that's not a bad guess, though. Buds. What? Al Pacino. (laughs) (laughs) I forgot Christmas. But the answer is Jack Nicholson. It is Jack Nicholson. Yes. Oh, man. Garrett is just, woo. Two to one. All right. In the first Home Alone movie, what were Harry and Marv known as to the public? Buds. Yes. The Wet Bandits. That's right. Three to one. Wow. What's the name of the doll Arnold Schwarzenegger is trying to get for his son in Jingle All the Way? Oh. Okay, I got to call time on this one. Garrett is in Jingle All the Way. I would have to recuse myself because I was an extra <laughs> in Jingle All the Way. Oh, oh, my God. oh, oh. Um, buds. Wet Willie. <laughs> That'd be a strange, <laughs> strange doll. No, it's, it's some like awesome man, but I don't remember the actual. The actual You're half right. The word man is in it. Let's see. I'm, I'm going to stick with awesome. Man. I'm going to go. I, I, I will say it, but not for points. Sure. Turbo Man. That's right. Turbo <gasps> Man was the answer. Uh, what's the name of the toy store Kevin frequents in Home Alone 2? Buds. Yeah. If you have shorts? Uh, no, but good guess. Mm. I believe it probably was filmed in one. It was mm. probably like the Ursats, yeah. FAO Schwartz, yeah. Hmm. Any other guesses? No idea. Duncan's Toy Chest. Ugh. That's where he gets the turtle doves to give the uh, pigeon lady. Man, mm? We are terrible. I've never seen Home Alone 2. Just uh, awful at this. We should just give the prize to Gary. What <laughs> jumps out of a Christmas tree in National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation? Buds a raccoon? No. 
Bud's a squirrel. Yes, it is a squirrel. Oh, wow, Gary. <laughs> that is the uh, the Bud's Family Christmas Eve movie at my parents' house. Too. Is it? Oh. You guys. And then we watch Santa Baby. You All right, Yeah, damn right. <laughs> and buy it. Give it to your friends on DVD. Three questions left. Uh, who narrated How the Grinch Stole Christmas in 2000? Bud's. Oh, in 2000? Mm-hmm. In 2000? Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, the Jim Carrey. The Jim Carrey darn one. it. The Jim Carrey Taylor Momsen. Uh, somebody who sounds like Boris Karloff, who originally did it? Uh, could be. Uh, a little bit. Boris Karloff Jr.? Any guesses? No. no. Anthony Carl- Hopkins. Anthony. Oh, mm-hmm. he's perfect okay. for that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Two questions left. If only the movie wasn't terrible. It would have been fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Who were God, the two the male movie. lead actors in the film The Holiday? Two male lead actors Buds, in the holiday. Jude Law, mm-hmm. Jack Black. That's right. That is this right. is a movie that my wife made us leave because she hated <laughs> it so much. Wow. I saw that movie while I was home for Christmas with a high school friend of mine, and we just we just continued to look at each other in slack jaw disbelief at how unbelievably <laughs> bad that movie was. Buds, extra credit. <laughs> yes. Cameron Diaz, Kate Winslet. That's right. Buds, Whoa. Eli Wallach with a cameo by Dustin Hoffman. Wow. Buds, Eli Wallach explaining meet cute. <laughs> Bud's Eli Wallach being feted by the Writers Guild at the end of the movie. Well, for, for people who hate this movie so much, you know a lot about it. Yeah. Lot. Well, I only got to see the first they half were, of it. They were extras in they, it, to they be honest. Bud's yeah. remote control window shades. <laughs> we have to say Bud's, remote. who was in the movie in the movie? Franco and <laughs> someone else. It was Franco. I don't remember. Uh, Last question of yeah. the question portion. What holiday movie features Matthew Broderick battling, battling Danny DeVito in Christmas lights. But... Deck the hall. That's right. Okay. <laughs> Landslide victory over here. Yes, Garrett. Garrett probably definitely takes Every it. now and then I'd see a horrible movie like Deck the Halls get a theatrical release, and I'm like, this is so much worse than the ABC Family Christmas movies we were writing that we got paid a fraction of the money that a movie version would have gotten paid, and then I got very bitter. But apologies if the writer of Deck the Halls is listening, but come on, you kind of phoned I like the in. fact that you're clearly not bitter anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Buds, I would yes. like to make a recommendation. The Family yes. Man with Nicolas Cage. Ooh, great, great It's a movie. fantastic Christmas movie I that gets like overlooked. I like that movie. Yep. That yeah. is, uh, it's not bad. It's, I forget it's, that's a Christmas movie. That's it's a good from movie. before Nicolas Cage went crazy. That was a really good one. It has a nice high concept. It, it, Tay Leone. Yeah, it makes Don good Cheadle. on the high concept. Yeah, it stays grounded, mm-hmm. and then it has a good message. Yeah. It's a great movie. Yes. We, we tried to pitch ABC Family just like uh, basically a ripoff of that, like, three times and then they kept passing on it and then like each, a year ago each time we pitched it they're like I don't really understand yeah then they I made really one like a movie. year ago anyway without us and we were like yeah, we kind of feel like we wanted to rip that movie off first <laughs> right. so the third time they're like oh yeah that sounds like a good idea but unfortunately we're making one yeah, yeah, I wonder where like, you got what? that idea to yeah. rip off that other guy's we idea we pitched that to you two years ago you can't do that without us you can't rip off someone else we're excellent at pitching rip offs of other people's ideas <laughs> <laughs> but Santa Baby is completely original uh, of course of course. <laughs> Thanks for adding that. Um, so, Ryan, is there a speed round? Is that mm-hmm. what you said? My idea for a speed round uh, comes from uh, not only Doug Loves Movies does it a little bit, mm-hmm. um, and then also... Speaking of ripping people off, why, yeah, not, yeah. why not rip off his <laughs> sure. podcast? Sure. Buds, I mean, weed. I, <laughs> we're all going to smoke. Uh, no, it's uh, also in a board game I have called Planet Hollywood the Game, mm-hmm. wow. um, and I also do it at my trivia nights for the last three years or so, where we just come up with a category, we go around, we all come up with one thing in that category. I mean, it's just the game categories. If you okay. Okay. sit around drinking and play that. Um, but the, the category would be 
movies that have people dressed in a Santa costume somewhere in a scene in the movie. Okay. So it doesn't Buds. necessarily have Buds. to be a Christmas movie. Buds. So we're going to go around <laughs> no. until you can't think of one uh, and then you're eliminated and then okay. it'll get down to, to one-on-one. So we'll start Do over. Do I have to say who it is or just... You just have to say the movie and then we all have to kind of agree. <laughs> Fred Claus. Sure. Bad Santa. Yes. Santa Baby. Yes. Miracle on 34th Street. Santa Baby 2. Um, it's Winter of Life. <laughs> <laughs> Scrooged. Uh, I just got away Muppets with that. It's Christmas Carol. There's nobody. No one's dressed like Santa. Nobody's dressed like Santa. Oh, it's a life. I was like, you Beat guys my didn't own even... game. As I said it, I go, I don't think there's a Santa there's in that there movie. Is, well, some people say that it, the, then... uh, the ghost of Christmas present is sort of derived from the same sort of pagan kind of iconography, iconography that kind of wended its way into the early version of St. Nicholas. So it's kind of debatable like what the connection between the Ghost of Christmas Future and St. Nicholas is, but I still think I'm going to go no. I'm going to say I'm eliminated. We're, but we're that would be a Christmas on. Carol anyway. So right, yeah. there you yeah. go. Well, yeah. I was talking about It's a Wonderful Life. But yeah, okay. <laughs> right. I mean, it's a wonderful life, I guess. It's a wonderful yeah. life. Nobody is actually dressed like Santa. Okay, I'm going to oh, say... No, it, is, it is actually the most depressing of the Christmas movies, because it's not really about Christmas. It's right. about suicide. Yeah. All right, so we are down to the Christmas guys battling one-on-one okay. for the prize. No, no, this you, is you, for the prize. It's Wonderful Life doesn't have someone as a Santa? It doesn't. Well, one of the Bailey kids has a Santa Claus mask on at the end of the movie. Oh, does he? Yeah. That's You're eerie. in. You're okay. still in. Uh, you think I'm still in? Yeah, the ref. Right. That's I'm mine. I'm still going to let you Mine is the ref. You, I'm ref? Like, I want the two the of you guys to go. This was me bowing out. Come okay. <laughs> let me go. All right, the two of you. So did we count the ref? You said the ref? Yeah, the ref. Oh, Nightmare Before Christmas. Oh, that's a good one. Mm-hmm. Um, Three oh, Santa Claus the movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Santa Claus versus the Martians. Yeah. The year without a Santa Claus. Oh, ooh, nice. ooh. Uh, Santa Claus to the Mrs. Claus. Sick. Oh, Santa Claus 3. Damn you. <laughs> you caught on to my pattern. <laughs> Die Hard. Mm, really? Oh, yeah. Yeah, dead body with the hat on. Okay. Ho, so, ho, ho. Yeah. Santa now Claus, I have a machine right, gun. Right. Might have the coat on, too. Santa Claus 1. You said Santa Claus to begin with. I said, you said Santa Claus 2. I said Santa Claus 3. Now I'm going doubling back to Santa Claus <laughs> 1. <sighs> I had one picked out already, and I've 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 forgotten it. Uh, I'm gonna go with Die Hard Two. <laughs> <laughs> Die Hard Two does does it? It's also set at Christmas. It is set at Christmas. Someone in that airport Someone has a Santa suit on. I'm gonna go with Miracle on 34th Street, the remake. Ooh. Oh man, this is getting lame. <laughs> Wait till you see the prize. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna go with Snow Globe. In the mall. Uh, mall Santa. There is a mall Santa in Snow mm-hmm. Globe. Uh, then I will go with uh, Jingle All the Way. I'm going to go with Jingle All the Way, the remake. <laughs> that hasn't been released yet. Hasn't been released. Oh, <laughs> with, with, with Larry the Cable Guy? Jingle All the Way 2? So Jingle we, All the Way we 2. Don't even know Jangle All the Way. There may not be a Santa a Santa suit in there. The Django Bells. Yeah. I th- no, that's a Reno 911 episode. I, I, think, I don't think that counts. I think if it hasn't been made and he doesn't know if it's in there, I'm giving it I'm, to Garrett. I'm going to give it to Garrett for I the think- end of the game and eat your prize. Uh, nothing to do with Christmas. Again, something for my card, the Get Shorty soundtrack. Oh, wow. Nice. Oh, Hello. That's, that's pretty good. <laughs> this is, I'm going to read the track list yeah, in here. Yeah, what's in there? Uh, oh, Green Onions. I love that song. Um, there's a bunch of stuff I don't know. I uh, don't know that one either. 
don't know any of this is going to be a so fun this be a music education discovery. for yes, you. Exactly. What, what are Thank some of the you. bands? Uh, well, uh, John L John Lurie, Morphine, John Lurie again, Grey Boy, also John Lurie. I think this is John Lurie is the composer, and there's actual cues from the. It's a blank CD, here, so. to be honest. Is there's it really? Not, no. is there, it's just actually. <laughs> it is a blank CD. It's a CD of Ryan's it's jokes. It's a scratched <laughs> blank CD. It. It's just like if his it sets been, in Vegas. If it had been Get Shorty 2, it would have featured a number of songs by Christina Milian, Star of Snow Globe. Star of Snow Globe. Oh and then we God. all bring it to That would have been appropriate. However, Christina Milian does play a character in the Get Shorty universe. That's true. So, wow. There you go. You guys, you guys. By the branding. way, Christina Milian nice. went on to make a different Snow Globe Christmas movie. She made a movie last year that was called A Snow Globe Christmas, which is not in any way related to our film, except it has Christina Milian and a magic snow globe that you can go inside of. Hmm. And I just, I watched that movie and I felt sad. It is not part of the Snow Globe canon. <laughs> it is not. And I ran into one of the other actors from Snow Globe, a wonderful actor named Josh Cook, who's most recently appeared on the show Manhattan. And, uh, and he was like, hey, uh, did I hear about another Snow Globe movie with Christina? Was that you guys? And I was like, no, that is not ours. And, and so. Garrett's not bitter about that either. No, I'm we not. Just... But I think Josh was bitter because he wasn't asked to be in it. And I was like, Josh, let me, let me put your mind at ease. We didn't cut you out of the sequel. It's just it's not a sequel. Oh, uh, God, this is painful, all this don't, Snow Globe stuff. I only found out five years ago that I can't taste bitter. What, you can't taste bitter? I thought bitter and sour were the same thing. How do you find out you can't taste bitter? Uh, Benadryl is apparently extremely bitter, uh -huh. but for me it tastes like chalk. Uh -huh. So my wife thought I was very weird for taking Benadryl, you know, just swallowing Benadryl without, you know, needing like a glass of milk or something. This is actually like a, a disability that you have. Like I can't. Taste I consider bitter. it an ability. I like I like grapefruit juice, and no one asks to borrow it. <laughs> Look, was that grapefruit juice? Can I have some? No, it's mine. Okay, perfect. Uh, there you go. It's, it's, it tastes good to you. The, the things we learn. I know. I think I think uh, it might be time to go. I'm pretty sure mm -hmm. that when we start talking I, I about taste buds, 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 there's, there's, there's one legitimate thing I wanted to bring up, and we 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 touched on it earlier, and then we the conversation moved on. But you asked us about our resume, and and on our our, our defunct pilot, as it's written on IMDb, it says TV movie. Mm -hmm. If you find any defunct pilot on IMDb, it's always written up as a TV movie. Why? And I think it's high time that IMDb learned the effing difference between a defunct pilot and a TV movie because it's not remotely the same thing. So you see all these weird things where it's like, oh, I didn't know that so-and-so did a weird TV movie. It's like, no, that was just a pilot that wasn't picked up. So I think there needs to be a new category. IMDb needs to get their act together and, you know, and properly, you know, inform the general public about what actually is going on. I rarely it. defend IMDb, but it could have something to do with credits, like as far as like what legally you can attribute to certain projects. You know what but I mean? But I mean, but I, I'm not sure because it will literally have all the information correct. Oh, well, this person wrote this and these three people were in it and, you know, it was made by Universal for NBC or whatever. But then it's just, it just says TV movie and it just throws me every time I see it. Let's talk about the things that Garrett is not bitter about. Okay, so one of them is, is IMDb. The other is the Snow Globe ripoff. And the what hilarious was, what thing is anyone listening to this podcast who knows both me and Garrett. Yeah is getting the impression that Garrett is the bitter... You're, I know you guys very well. You are the bitter one, He's Ryan. The, Brian's the crank. I have no here? soul. It's I like have, a high-concept movie. They've, they've traded. I am the before from... from uh, <laughs> his heart grew. Right, I'm, three I'm the shriveled, that day, yeah. the shriveled yeah. little... I think you're, I think you're a bad influence on Garrett. We I were both peeing in the same fountain and now. we switched personalities. <laughs> 
Ryan, we're gonna again. We're gonna go off subject. First of all, though, thank you so much for that trivia oh, sure. game. That was super fun. That was an sure elevated thing. trivia game. That's I'm the way glad. trivia should be. Very good. You're very good at what you do. Thanks. And everybody should know that Ryan is also available for gigs. Yeah, much I do. in the way that you know strippers come to your house. Exactly. Ryan will too. Right. You wheel me in in a big cake. Mm-hmm. I pop out and ask questions. That's right. I really want to go to your next trivia night. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I do uh, six rounds over two hours, uh, twice a week in Northridge and Covina, California, and then I do like private events and fundraisers and charity events and birthday parties and stuff. So I come to your house and just do it in your living room. Awesome. That's, yeah. that's totally cool. So and you, then you come um, to my living room and just ask me questions that's to right. which I don't know the answer. <laughs> right. Exactly. I could just have kids. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Trust me. That is that is very much like having kids. Um, why? So but why? Or or now my kids are ten and fourteen. It's just like oh, you're wrong. You're wrong. No, don't even no. participate. Don't even try. Uh-uh. Um, uh uh. So tell me about your web series. You guys, uh, how's that going? So oh, I know since still, you had the baby. Yeah, we took three weeks off of putting out these. We put out comedy sketches every Monday. My sister-in-law and I, who's a comedian, we're both comedians. Awesome. And uh, we film a bunch of sketches at once, and then we kind of batch them, and then we just put one sketch out every week. So we're back on schedule tomorrow. So um, we have one about a drug deal, and then uh, we have a new feature called uh, Comedians Read Tweets No One Liked. Oh. So it's there's thousands of comedians who tweet stuff every day that people do not favorite or retweet. And uh, I'm getting people to read those tweets again on camera and then just kind of cutting, kind of like celebrities read mean tweets for Jim But is it, the, is it the authors of the it's, actual yes, tweets? the okay, actual great. comedians who yeah. are try, trying to get a laugh with the joke. And a lot of times the jokes are really funny, but um, just nobody, for whatever nobody reason, at it. that second saw it or retweeted it. So oh, You should totally contact Pat about this one. <laughs> <laughs> you, should, you, should also, you should also do reviews, but verbatim. Yeah. Like as they were written, not as they were intended. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> that's a good idea. Yeah. Little blurbs. We've, I've been reading the reviews for the show, and it's some people are making some some, some pretty bad spelling mistakes. Oh, that's nice. That's Wait, nice. someone made a spelling mistake in an online comment form? I, know, it's I find that hard to believe. That's so weird. <laughs> it's so weird. By the way, if you, do, if you do go out and get Amazon Prime, and you should, and you do watch Gordimer Gibbons, and you should, you should leave a five-star review. Yes. Mm-hmm. I love it, you guys. All the cool kids are doing it. Yeah. All the cool kids. Yep, yep, yep. Um, let me uh, thank a couple of people uh, be- that I keep forgetting to thank who are incredibly thankable. Um, Spencer Redfern. I want to thank, yeah. Yes, I put on my glasses. Yes, it's been a couple of years, you guys. This is what's happening to me. Okay. So Spencer Redfern has donated $20 to this podcast. Whoa. Thank you so much, Spencer. I really appreciate it. And are you ready for this one? Terrence Cleary donated a hundred dollars. Wow. wow! It must be Christmas. <laughs> Does he get like an autographed picture? I, he, he gets. He I'll gets send him one. The I got pleasure one. of this podcast. I think it should have some sort of like cool prizes. Like we could donate some Santa Baby DVDs. We clearly have a ton of. We can get more stuff out of Ryan's <laughs> we can't car. Give them away fast Ooh, enough. Exactly. <laughs> Are you guys talking about the waiting to exhale soundtrack on my passenger seat? Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> Don't tell me you actually have. That. I have two copies of it. Waiting to exhale? Yeah. <laughs> oh, just because I How see it, I happen? see it at the record store, and I'm like, that'd be a great prize to give in, away. A in the super, in the super handy CD format for your CD, CD player. Look, price. I I have an unopened price. Tegan and Sarah's CD that I bought two of by mistake years ago, and I just want to give it to someone as a prize. So, and they're a good band. There's nothing ironic about it. Well, I will admit I have the Kit Kittredge soundtrack in my yes. car right now. Very good. It had a lot of '40s tunes that I really liked <laughs> in it. <laughs> I have Mila Jovovich's album in my car. Do you? It's fantastic. Really? It's called The Divine Comedy. It came out like 20 Long years ago, ago like 15 yeah. years ago, but it's 
really fantastic. So we all just have like absurd, weird music mm-hmm. in our car that nobody mm-hmm. else would actually have. Oh, interesting. Okay. All right, Terrence, you get all that. There you go. <laughs> um, uh, so thank you very much. If you want to donate to On The Page, just go to onthepage.tv, look at the, the podcast part of it, and there's a little button there. I really appreciate it. Remember that it pays producers like Ryan Butts. Um, uh, also, just a reminder, do go to onthepage.tv. The first draft class is starting up again. First week in I'm sorry, second week in January here at the On The Page Studios in Studio City. Also, if you're looking for online content, go to um, online content on onthepage.tv. There are pre-recorded uh, videos and classes and things like that you can check out. I think that's it. That's it, awesome. right? Yeah. yeah. We're good. So follow you. Yeah, uh, at Ryan Buds, B-U-D-D-S, and uh, send me a nice tweet or a Facebook message, which a lot of people do. Thank you so much for all the nice messages and the nice lunches and coffees that yeah, you people Ryan, buy me. Ryan wow, gets, awesome. He gets really, all really kinds nice. of stuff, yeah. you know? I come in here, I do my job, and Ryan gets taken out to lunch. That thanks, is uh, how Special it thanks happens. to uh, Kevin Mounts for the baby outfit and the Starbucks. That oh was the really the God. nicest nicest thing you could have done, so I appreciate that. And... Um, uh, if yeah, if you want to book a holiday trivia party, just contact me on something. Awesome. And you guys, how would you like to be followed or not followed, or or do you just want people to buy your stuff? Just buy their stuff, right? <laughs> My Twitter account is just me, literally following the actors on whatever show I've been working on. But I've never, like, I think I've tweeted three times in three. Years. Actually, the one time you good. tweeted was you tried to help Mindy Kaling with a final draft problem. Oh, I know. And like, she didn't even thank you, and I was like, I know. I'm, I follow Mindy Kaling. Tweets no like, one liked like or retweeted. People, oh, there right? you go. Or but you literally solved her problem, and I know, she she's didn't even like, be like why, is, why does final draft do this? And I'm like, well, if you go here and do this and do that. I, I, I'm not gonna. I really want Mindy Kaling on the on the podcast, so I'm you not should. gonna say anything. Uh, I like I'm her. Saying. She was right, and you were wrong. <laughs> I'm saying that and I wouldn't think you. No, it wasn't either. an argument. There she, you go. She asked a question. She I just would never have been able to finish her pilot, and would be nowhere right now. <laughs> if Brian it wasn't for yeah. you guys, problem. I think it's good that Brian actually stays off of Twitter. I don't. I think if you start <laughs> commenting, the there's a rabbit hole that just no, has no, Brian. Yeah. Brian comments on, on the internet, but uh, thankfully under the cloak of anonymity. God. So troll Brian might show up, but yeah. And what about you, Gary? Do you uh, like I'm just going to say thanks to Kath, who's a listener in Australia who like friended me on Facebook because she's like, I heard you on On the Page. And I'm like, you're pretty cool. And I'm like, well, yeah, thanks. So. Do you remember Kath's last name by any chance? <laughs> Kath Callow. Oh, okay. I think. Because there's wow. another Kath I have as a, as a oh. client in, in Australia. Australia. Huh. How many are there? I don't know. Australia, the, the land person. of Kath. I'm going to say hi to Kath, too. Okay. Hi, Kath. <laughs> I'm very, very glad that, uh, that people listen and, uh, and get in touch with the guests. Um, uh, that makes me happy. You have a very wide reach. I <laughs> to Australia and back. Um, guys, thank you again for being here. Hey, I will see fun. you next Christmas, mm-hmm. right? Or whenever. Right? <laughs> next Please Christmas. come back whenever you want. I think Christmas. It's a good idea. I think this once a year thing is good. And uh, and Ryan, I'll be Aww. seeing you before then. All right. All right. Give love to the family. I will. Your new baby. Thank you. Um, I really want to thank you guys, though. Every time you are here, it really is a treat. That's so super it gets, fun for us. It gets the holiday I, season I look to off it. to a bang. And everybody out there, thank you so much for listening. Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. All that jazz. And have a good writing week. <laughs> <laughs>